Swept out to Shabbat. Now it's Stutz, lacrosse ice, wrist shot, score! Batherson was sitting back door and might have jabbed that one home. Norris put it to the side of the net and Ottawa has a 5-4 lead with 3.42 to go and Norris tosses that helmet away. I think it's gonna be Norris's goal scored with Artem Zub's headgear. And that turns out to be the game winner tonight as the Ottawa Senators stunned the Edmonton Oilers 6-4, a complete third period collapse by the Edmonton Oilers. They were in control up 3-1 after two, maybe not playing great, but well enough to have earned the lead against an Ottawa team that has not been very good in the third period this season. Well, the tables were turned. Ottawa came out, tied it before the period was six minutes old. They went ahead. Edmonton did reply to tie it 4-4, but then a late penalty, high sticking against Cody Ceci. Norris scores on the power play and then an empty netter for Ottawa. So 6-4 is the final damage, and it just keeps getting worse and more miserable for the Edmonton Oilers. It is their second six-game winless streak since the start of December. Remember, they lost six in a row in regulation. They won two, and since then, they have gone 0-4-2. and their record for the season has dropped to 18-15-2, and they have just two wins in their last 14 games. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, we've seen it happen a few different ways, and good teams find different ways to win. Struggling teams find <laughs> different ways to lose, and this was a different one for the Oilers. I mean, we've seen some disappointing ones, and, you know, yes, we've seen, and I guess, a couple of late goals and overtime losses, but... A, a two-goal lead, and it just it just evaporated. The tide just completely turned in the third period. Yeah, it, it, going into the third, we're up here in the press box, and we think this one's in the bag. It's an Ottawa Senator team that uh, has struggled over the last couple of years, and you're trying to come back on the road and down a couple. You just and, and then the first two shifts, the others come out and play well, but. The one thing that we've seen in games that can turn the tide is when a goalie makes a big save. And Matt Murray made two big saves. He stopped uh, Connor McDavid in all alone on a pass from Leon Dreisaitl, which could have extended into a three-goal lane, and then all of a sudden goes back the other way, and the Oilers didn't get their big saves. Uh, this is a game where the Oilers, you think of positives, their second, third, and fourth lines. With Nugent Hopkins out, all scored goals in this hockey game. Uh, Devin Shore only plays five minutes, but he's he's plus. So the fourth line's a plus group in only five minutes of, of play. Uh, but there are things that have really hurt them over this last little stretch. Penalty killing, not good again. Uh, their top line was not good out there. No physicality. There's didn't To me, and I know it's only half a crowd in here, but it never seemed like an energetic game. And that's not on the fans. That's on the team. It just never seemed like there was energy in their game today. And I, I personally, I don't know if you can play without emotion and have success. Well, and, and you touched on all the different things going wrong. Uh, okay, but first we'll go down. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Hey, Zach, I just wonder how you guys have compartmentalized this or put everything into perspective, uh, uh, a loss. like I mean, they're all tough, but this one was seemed a little tougher than most. Yeah, you... Uh... You're right on that one. That's something. That's one we let slip away. We're going to the third period of the lead and uh, couldn't wrap it up. That's we need to wrap it up. We need to win that game. Now we're sitting here talking about the same shit we talked about before the break. So um, 
don't really, I don't have much else to say to you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, we're running out of questions, trust me. Yeah. Uh, is this just sort of a, a, a byproduct of when a team is kind of slipping down the hill, it's, it's tough to, to put on the brakes and, and get it stopped and, and headed in the right direction? Like, this is a game that you probably earlier in the season close out, and this one... You... Yeah, hockey's a, hockey's a, a weird game at times. Um, you're right, you same group, beginning of the year, one of the best teams in the league, and now we seem like we're finding ways to lose and we need to find ways to win. And, that snowball going downhill, I don't think that's an excuse anymore. We had that off break, that all those postponements, I think, was a perfect time for us to regroup. We did that. We had a good week of practice. Everyone was having fun. We were upbeat. We head into the game feeling good about ourselves, we get over the first period with a draw, have a good second period, and then we uh, lay an egg in the third. So um, if I had any other answers for you, I tell you, but that's all. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, like more than a bad stretch. Is there is there some stuff that's just fundamentally wrong with the team that, that uh, is going to be harder to fix than just you know hoping hoping things. Uh, you could point finger at other aspects. I think when you when you get into this, I don't think that helps anybody by saying this has to be better. This has to be better. I think ultimately, I have to be better. Um, everyone has to look in the mirror, and everyone has to be better. Um, Everyone has to come to the rink and do what they do. And uh, ultimately, when, when teams do that and individuals do that, the team does well. So you could say, this has to be better, this has to be better, but that would be pointing the finger, and I don't think that's, uh, that does anything at this stage. Zach, uh, you mentioned kind of the snowball going down the hill there. Um, is, is there something within a game where, you you know, if something goes wrong, do you, do you feel that happening kind of on the bench where you just can't do anything right as a team at that point? I don't think we were, we were thinking about... Yeah, I don't think we had the, the... We weren't thinking on the bench at any point in the game, oh, oh here it comes again. I think we, th we thought we could win that game. Going into the third, we were a confident group, then they get one, and then we claw back. Nursey gets a big one for us, and... Uh, they end up scoring late. You, you keep asking the same questions, just in different wording. I don't know what else. So sorry, guys. Um, you know, sometimes it's mistakes that are made, mental errors, those sorts of things. Other times it's, you know, effort level, competitiveness, that sort of thing. Where do you think this group is at, Zach, with the compete level required to be a good team in this league night in, night out right now? What do, you, what do you think? Do you think we competed out there tonight? I don't know. I thought we did. I think we made mental errors. Um, uh, and, and they capitalized on them. That's, that's the name of the game. There's, there's mistakes in hockey games. That's, that's the game of hockey. But it seems like when we're making mistakes, it's going in the back of our net. When the teams are making mistakes on the other side, we can't seem to put the puck in the net. So... Um, we end up on the short end of the stick more times than not right now. Zach, there was a, a long break between you and Connor. Were, was there a team meeting at that point, or were you just riding the bike, working out? Um, I was just working out. Yeah, every, everyone's pretty upset. Obviously, you guys don't see in the room, but uh, we were pretty frustrated with that one. That one was uh, thats a tough way to lose. You, you're up 3-1 going into the third. And you lay a stinker. We're uh, we're a pretty frustrated group. There's not much uh, being said right now. I think the writing's on the wall. Thanks, Zach. All right, so that's Zach Cassian.
and sometimes on live radio, some words get on that we wouldn't have on otherwise as the Oilers lose 6-4 to the Ottawa Senators. And Well, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the team's really frustrated and he's uh, struggling to explain some of the things here that have been going wrong now for a while, Rob, which uh, we, we kind of got a list of them that we're talking about <laughs> over and over again. First of all, they're not getting saves, nope. and it doesn't matter whether it's Mike Smith, Miko Koskinen, or now Stuart Skinner over the last 14 games. I mean, tonight Skinner uh, allows five goals on 25 shots. Uh, again, for the Oilers, it's happened to Koskinen. It happens to Skinner tonight. A goalie playing the puck leads to a, a goal against at a bad time. Uh, you got defending that is not good enough. Odd man rushes. Net front, maybe a little too passive when teams have the puck. Uh, and you got penalty killing that is getting sliced apart. I mean, well below 70% over this 14-game stretch. And even though they got a power play goal, they still ultimately lose the special teams battle. Um, and then tonight, the big guys don't get no, don't do much. I mean, Dreisaitl gets one assist, and McDavid, despite having seven shots, is held off the score sheet. No, their top line wasn't good enough tonight. Uh, the lines two, three, four, and were able to contribute offensively. I think Zach Cassian said it best: is that. He, he believes the tries there, but the thought isn't. And, and just too many mental mistakes, too many misreads, too many miscommunications, things like that. And teams are taking advantage of it. They're letting the Oilers make the mistakes. Okay, we got Dave Tippett now. You know, we uh, did a lot of good things in the game. We, uh, But there's some areas. We took a penalty earlier in the game, gave up a goal. Took a penalty late in the game, gave up a goal. There's some things in between. Lots of things that we've been talking about trying to do. We... We did, but uh, ultimately we're finding ways to lose games. This is this has been going this way for a pretty long stretch of time, and this break here between games just stretched it out even further. Is yeah. I mean, how difficult is it to stay in this headspace that you've been in, where things haven't been going well? And and I mean, we thought the we thought the break would help us with that, and it did, I guess, for two periods or two periods of time. Even the third period, we come out, we get a great chance early in the third period. We have another great chance just before they scored. I mean, there's just if we find a way to capitalize on maybe one or more of those, we we push the game along. But that's the way it's going for us right now. The mistakes that you're getting, different parts of your lineup, um, are these, you know, do you characterize some of them tonight as long break and sloppy, or are these uh, recurring the, mistakes? No, nah, I mean, there's there's chances that happen in the game both ways. You know, you can't, you can't say these were clear-cut mistakes that we made. Standing up in the back of our net. In the first 40 minutes, Dave, you've given up 13 shots and hardly any really good chances. And then it really just kind of snowballed, as you mentioned, after you gave up the chances. As a coach, I don't know if you've seen that before. How, did, how can you stop that? Was a timeout something you considered? What, what went in that, like, eight-minute stretch? Well, when you got, even uh, they got the 3-2 goal, you know, we're, we line up, we go back, we're, we put together a couple good shifts there again, and then it's dumped on our ice, and we uh, ends up in the back of our net. But even after that, where there was a TV timeout, our guys were talking about the right things. Game's still 3-3. Let's go find a way to win. And uh, ultimately, we didn't. Is your team just fragile right now? Can you tell that? When you're not winning consistently, you there's frustration. There's, there's You can be fragile. you got to work your way out of it. Dave, I know uh, Stuart Skinner's young. Did you need a save in the third period from him? Yeah, well, we got we got to work on our goals against. That's it's not just the goaltender; it's everybody. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. 
That is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett after yet another loss, uh, 6-4 tonight to the Ottawa Senators. It is uh, Edmonton out shooting Ottawa 37-26 tonight, including uh, 16-6 in the first period, in large part because they had uh, an extended power play late in the first, but they, they don't get it done. They don't get it done again, Rob. And, uh, I mean, it's getting... <laughs> Zach Cassian was at a bit of a loss. We're hearing some of the same things from Dave Tippett after every game. Uh, the the calls for Dave Tippett to be dismissed as the head coach will not be quieted after a game like this. Ken Holland was asked about it when he spoke on Tuesday. He said as a general manager, he's never made a midseason coaching change. Um, and he cited the number of coaches that the Oilers have had here over the last 10 or 11 years, though, though he did acknowledge there are points where um, you have to do something. Yep. I don't know if he's at that point. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens, obviously, in the days to come. Um, but as a, as a slide continues, sometimes things happen, whether a GM wants to do them or not. You're right. Um, and then you just look at what the Oilers have coming up. They have the Florida Panthers, who are the hottest team in the National Hockey League. They have a, a Calgary Flame game. They play the Predators, who are having a very nice year as well. This, this was the easy game on their schedule. This was the confidence builder to feel good about yourself after this long layoff. It, it's not getting easier, but uh, to me, it's... I mean, sometimes you get a bump with a coaching change, but is is it the coach or is it the team's just not as good as everyone had hoped they were going to be? Uh, are they starting to play to the level that this team is? Um, it, sometimes when you have a start that the Oilers had and 16 and 5 and 9 and 1, it, it the expectation is there that, oh, this is the kind of team we are. But you and I talked about it when they got had that start. There were games that they were not the better team, but they had the better power play. And everyone starts, well, look, at this is a Stanley Cup team. They're the best team in the National Hockey League. But it, some of those nights were smoke and mirrors because you're not going to have a 40 to 55% power play over the course of the season. This penalty-killing unit at that point was close to 90%. Uh, five on five, they have not been a good team all year. Goaltending, they have not gotten saves for the majority of the season. They give up too many odd well, man good, breaks. I think they had pretty good goaltending earlier. Uh, well, okay. It was okay goaltending, not fantastic. Um, they they give up too many odd man rushes. They, they put too much stress on their goalies. Uh, I, I know that Bob talked about it before the game with you. They're not a physically hard team to play against. Um, so th th they're... Th I, I just, again... I think, I believe this is a playoff hockey club. I do believe the Oilers are a playoff hockey club. But I, I, I and we're going to get the people calling in tonight, I do not believe they're even close to what people, the expectation is. I, I, I don't think they're even close to the, when they were talking about winning the conference, or, or this is a team that's, you know, 16-4, whatever they were in the season. They weren't that good. Uh, and now, the, the this fall, it seems like such a big fall because of where they were. They're just, I... They they make too many crucial mistakes at big moments, and they don't have the goaltending to overcome that. The Oilers, and I've said this for the last number of years, the Oilers cannot win hockey games with good goaltending. They need very good goaltending because they give up too many glorious opportunities to the other team.
All right, 6-4, the Senators take it. It is a $400 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're giving $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. And you, you would have hoped four would have been enough tonight, and it isn't. And look, here's the thing. Kyler Yamamoto scores. He's now up to eight on the season. So he's actually at, at a respectable pace now after being slow early. Uh, Brendan Perlini scores. There's a depth goal. You get a defenseman scoring. Mm -hmm. uh, Darnell Nurse, and you get a power play goal from Cassian. So, I, again, I, I mean, you referenced that this was not a great game for Drysdale and McDavid, but other guys score, which we're, we're, Should we're, be we're trying for after <laughs> almost every game, and, and you still don't win. Well, and in all honesty, the bottom six players over the last, during this stretch, haven't been bad. The bottom six players have started to contribute offensively. Uh, what they're what they're not getting is they're not getting the big save when they need it. They're not killing the penalties as what did you say about seventy percent uh, penalty killing? Click you're well, not. They were, they were sixty eight over the last thirteen games tonight, so that'll drop even yeah. a little more. So close to seventy, or yeah, might even be less. Sixty seven. Yeah. So that that's not good enough. So uh, the, the one of the things that everyone w was de depressed about or sad about or mad about the the bottom six, they've actually. Played not bad, and, and again, tonight, their fourth line, they only got five minutes of ice time. They actually weren't bad. At some point, you wonder, well, maybe throw them at bone. Maybe give them a little more ice time and see what you can do because uh, right now what's going, what's happening out there ain't working. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. Okay, you can get in touch on the Certainteed hotline, 780-496-0063. Certainteed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed, pro all the way. We're back in a couple of minutes with Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Josh Brown, right circle. Shot, save, Skinner this time, no rebound. And he's able to squeeze. All right, Stuart Skinner back up from the farm. That's his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. However, Skinner beaten four times in the third period. Senators also got an empty netter for five goals in the third to knock off the Edmonton Oilers 6-4 as uh, for the second time in the last, well, month and a half, the Oilers have a six-game winless skid to try to deal with. And uh, the next game is going to be Thursday against the Florida Panthers. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 11-22. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Rob standing by. Hi, Rob. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, you know, it just keeps getting so frustrating. It, it just seems like they're cursed right now. Uh -huh. uh, you know, you know, you look at the teams that have been winning the Cups in the last few years, like Tampa, St. Louis, they've got, you know, they had big, mean defensemen. You know, a lot of people don't like, you know, other than Darnell and CeCe, you know, we got a lot of small defensemen. And, you know, we've got, we've got four defensemen I can think of right off the top of my head. Naaman Linen, Dave Harney, Sam Aruka. You know, we got some big, mean defensemen that are talented. And... They're in the prime, you know. They're in their, they're in their prime. You know, I just, I, I would love to see them bring these big boys up and 
and give them a chance. I mean, the defense from the other back there right now are doing it, so why not bring these big boys up and let's see if they can cause some pain to the other team. Well, I know when I played hockey, I didn't want to go into the corner against the great big six foot five, two hundred and forty pound defenseman on the other team. It wasn't fun. Yeah. And if yeah, you got those but, defensemen, let's use them. Well, thanks, thanks, Rob. The problem then you run into salary cap issues. You can't have too many players up here, so you can't bring a whole four new defensemen up and have them play because you've got guys making big money up here you can't get rid of of those players i think the only one that is close to playing right now is nima linen uh, i've liked what he has done he does play with edge he's physical he's mean he's nasty i think he's a player that's going to play here eventually but i think he is he still out injured right now no i believe he played today did he play i'll double check the box where i think he played. so he had been in. he's the only one that's that's nhl ready right now of those and nhl ready i mean he's capable of stepping in but uh, but you are right in the fact that uh, the Oilers on the back end are not always uh, nasty enough. It, the Oilers are not always hard to play against when the opposition has it in the offensive zone. Uh, yeah, Nima Linen played tonight for the Condors, who won uh, 5-1 over San Jose. But I, did, I, I do like him, Nima Linen. I, he, he plays with edge, and when the opposition is playing against him, they certainly know when he's on the ice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think their I don't think their defense as a group is fast enough either. Yeah, good point. I mean, there, there's a thing. It, it's you either you're big and physical or you're small and fast. Don't be in between. Don't don't be neither. Because if you're neither, you're in trouble. So that yeah, there collectively from top to bottom, there's a lot of things that uh, have not gone right for the Edmonton Oilers as of late. Let's uh, update the scoreboard here for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. So Condors beat the Barracuda 5-1. Oil Kings won this afternoon 5-3 over Brandon in the National Hockey League. The Penguins beat the Sharks 2-1 in overtime. Also in overtime, Boston beating the Predators 4-3. The Hurricanes knocked off the Canucks 4-1. The Maple Leafs in a wild one against the Blues, win at 6-5. The Panthers pound the Blue Jackets 9-2. Capitals shut out the Islanders 2-0. It's the Red Wings shutting out the Sabres 4-0. Lightning win at home 3-1 against the Stars. Rangers win in Philly 3-2. Chicago blanks Anaheim 3-0. And Avalanche, the Avalanche shutting out the Coyotes 5-0. And Los Angeles doing well lately. Gets a 3-1 win over the Kraken. Uh, football playoffs. Buffalo 47-17 over New England. Cincy 26-19 over Las Vegas. And of course here at Rogers Place 6-4. The Senators beat the Edmonton Oilers. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Kim standing by. Hi, Kim. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Hey, uh, just a couple questions. Um, I was surprised that Cuckoo, uh, what Cuckoo was able to play today, correct? He was, yeah, he was eligible. He and uh, Benson and Fogle just were cleared to play last night. So they all took right. the morning skate. So they all would have been uh, coming in with just that under their belts lately, so they put Fogel in, so they would have enough enough, enough forwards. But I I think that's why Cuckoo and Benson didn't play because they just came. Right? Out. Would have you maybe like looking at at hindsight now maybe put Cuckoo in and instead of well, Legison and if, have if Cuckoo if Cuckoo had been skating he would have been in the lineup, but I think right. there was just fear that he now I don't know when these guys get COVID we don't know how sick they are with it. He hasn't skated with the team. So, right. so they're not going to play him. Cuckoo is a, higher on the depth chart than William Lagason. And if Cuckoo right. was available to play and they felt comfortable playing him, he would have been in the lineup tonight. But I think the fact that he didn't skate 
they weren't going to put him in there as his first time on the ice playing in a game against Ottawa. Right, makes sense. And one last question. So if you guys were the GM, would this game now be the last draw? And, and would you would you be having to do something um, like something just to give the team a spark or, or a, a kick? I'll, um, I'll let you kind of comment on that. And I, that's I, all for tonight. I wouldn't know. I, I to me, it, it's more than coaching. It, it's not. Um, it, it's Dave Tippett. I think is a good coach. This team has mo- more wrong with it than the than the coach. And who's behind the bench? There's. I, I just think the expectations were too high for this team. I think this team is a playoff hockey club, and I think they're going to battle for that spot. But this team isn't good enough in a lot of different areas to be. Uh, a powerhouse in the West. And I think the expectations from a lot of fans are, you know, get rid of the coach. This team's got Connor and Leon. We should win everything. Well, maybe They're, you got to make a deal. Then. Well, I mean. But you, you got to make a deal that works. Well, sure. Uh, so I don't, I, I'm not sure how easy that is. I mean, contracts, they don't have any spare money. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's not easy. And, and when you're the team that's struggling, that's when teams are going to come try to take advantage of it. But yeah, there's uh, usually a, a spark is is brought in by a GM at some point, whether it's a trade, whether it's calling someone up, whether it's the coaching change, something, yes. It, this this Euler team, as you heard Zach Cassian talk about it, they are a team that right now is a little frazzled. Yeah, very much. Okay, we'll get more of your calls in here, but let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. I'll just, I'll just ask you to evaluate uh, what happened tonight, do you think, in this game? Um, I'm not sure what to tell you. Um, you know, obviously, it's been a long layoff, and um, come in and you know work ourselves to a three-one lead and give it away. So you guys are playing with a lead, uh, which is where you want to be. Uh, what, what do you think fell out of your game? Was it just just a little bit of mental lapses there, or was it something as a group that you think just there was a lot? I wish I had an answer for you there. Um, you know, we're rolling along. We get a couple chances early. We don't finish them. Um, and we give up a 2-1-1, and, you know, and then it's, uh, yeah. Connor, I know it's not the playoff for losses, but when you consider, you know, where you're at, you had a 10-day break, you're 2-9-2, two, and, two, and you're up at home, it's 3-1, to one, and then... You lose to a 30th place team. Is it's one of the most frustrating regular season losses you've had? It's definitely up there. Um, yeah. What do you feel has to change for your group? What, what's lacking? Like this is this is going on six weeks. You know, I wish I had an answer for you. I mean, we've talked uh, talked it over and over and over again in that room, and um, you know, obviously we haven't found an answer yet. Um, that being said, I mean, we got to show up and, uh, um, you know, we got three practices here before our next one. Um, and we get back to work. Is, is this a byproduct of what's sort of been happening that a team that's looped kind of finds ways to lose where earlier in the season you were finding ways to win? Yeah, I mean, um, there's definitely momentum throughout a year. Um, you know, you look at teams that are rolling, they find ways to win games and, Teams that are losing, they find ways to lose games. And, um, you know, tonight we definitely found a way to lose that one. 
What uh, what happens from here? I know like all losses are tough, but this one has to stick uh, worse than a lot of the ones you've had. Where do you guys go from here? You know, even just psychologically. I mean, I'm not sure what you uh, want us to do. I think we show up and you know, we take our day off tomorrow and we show up on Monday ready to work and that's all we can do. Okay, well, that's Captain Connor McDavid. Uh, well, Rob, what, <laughs> I mean, you, you played. What else can they do? Well, that's the, the, when things are going wrong and, and they are right now for the Oilers and you get asked questions. The Oilers didn't come here tonight to the game say all right you know what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna be poor on our penalty killing and we're probably gonna cough up a lead like as Zach Cassian said at no point did they think they were gonna lose this hockey game so after the game when you're asked what went wrong you don't know it's like I don't know I, th- I thought we were in control I thought we were doing the right things and as, as Connor said we talk about the things so anything that the others did wrong in this game they would have already addressed it their penalty kill they would have addressed this uh, not giving up Odd man breaks, not pinching at the wrong moment, not staring at the puck. Those are all things that uh, they already know that they, they were doing wrong and it should have been corrected. But the one thing that we're seeing in, in these games, it's the same mistakes uh, being made, the same miscommunications, the, the same misreads uh, that are, are just hurting them badly. There's always going to be mistakes in games. But there's some that are easily correctable, and those are the ones where, all right, this is a 50-50 puck. I'm not going to pinch on it. I'm going to back up, and now I know at least this guy's got to go past me to get to the goalie. But when they start pinching on a 50-50, the puck gets put by you. Now it's an odd man break. And we've seen that over and over this season. In the penalty, uh, the Norris, the first power play goal, the Oilers have four guys all within 10 feet, but they're all looking at the puck. You know as a defender on a penalty killer, your head's got to be on a swivel. You've got to know where the, the number one threat is. And the guy standing in front of the net about 15 feet out, he's the number one threat, and no one looked to him other than Kachuk, who put it on his stick. So, again, those, those are, are things that they know they should do better. I, there's no way your penalty-killing unit saying, okay, leave the guy in front of the net. So these are just uh, misreads that uh, have been haunting the Oilers. And then when they make the big mistake, the goaltending hasn't given them the big save. It hasn't bailed them out. Tonight, I don't think Murray was fantastic tonight. But in the third period, Connor McDavid touched on it. They had two really good chances that they didn't capitalize. McDavid had one of them. He walked out on a pass from Drysaddle on Murray. Murray made a big save. If Connor scores there, it's a three-goal lead. And the game is over. The Ottawa Senators got the big save that the others didn't. All right, 6-4, the, uh, the uh, Senators win tonight. And I know we touched on it earlier, Rob, the Senators win the, the special teams advantage as well, even though the Oilers go one for three, which will boost their power play percentage a little bit because they came in at 30%. The Senators go two for three, get the first goal of the game and the game winner on the power play. That update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with locations in St. Paul, Westlock, and Vegreville. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. All right, we'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Alan standing by. Hey, Alan, thank you very much for calling. How are you tonight? Good. Uh, I just have a few things to say. Um, I think uh, Rob played in the uh, John Reed uh, U15 tournament once once upon a time. A long, long, long time ago. I think I played in like 1981-ish, I think, or 82, somewhere in that area. Right on. So anyways, I've got a point here. I watched some games today, and uh, I saw a lot of academy teams that were um, uh, adjusting uh, period by period and even sometimes shift by shift. 
And uh, for me, uh, tonight, uh, when the Oilers were up 3-1 going into the third period, and when you've been off for 10 days, and when you've uh, had a, an illness coming through, and I, I think, uh, you know, ones of us that have never had COVID, I'm sure it's a, it's a real kick in the kind of pants. But uh, uh, when you're up 3-1, and uh, years ago when I coached, it was... Uh, you try to get it across to do that uh, one, two, two, and uh, just just dump and make their defense uh, almost with their tongue hanging out of their mouth. And you want to win that game three-one. You don't. You, there's no excuse for allowing five goals in the third period, other than like you said, mistakes. And you won't make mistakes if you get the puck from center in. And and you and you and I watched some of these kids today, and they they go in and and just by. They would never go behind the net. They would just force them on a penalty kill and then come back and pick up. Uh, so it's five on four, but it's actually four on four because the guy that has the puck now has to pass it. But they're all covered. They, they all yeah. adapted to change. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. We appreciate it. Well, yeah. And I mean, in that third period, I can't remember which goal it was now. I think, <laughs> think it was, was a lot of them. I think it was Formantons. That was. Like a partial odd man rush. I mean, I think the Oilers had guys back, but not in in the right position necessarily to defend. And then the pass kind of got across. And I, I think that's a good point from Allen. I mean, yes, you you want to extend the lead if you can, but you should. I mean, some of these games the Oilers have been trailing in in the third period. Did they have a lot of chances? Were they getting odd man rushes? No. You no. know. So, but yet they they got a two goal lead. And and teams are are bringing it no, you're the other way. You're absolutely right. When you watch playoff hockey, when a team has a lead in the third period, they're going one one four. They're throwing the puck in deep, and now you got to come through all of us to get to our net. Now again, uh, regular season is different, but there's playing smart. It's understanding the the situation in the game. We got a two goal lead. I got the center ice. It's not an on man break. I'm going to throw the puck behind the net. And I'm going to. I wouldn't play. Uh, passive, I throw the puck down low and I would be aggressive and forecheck. Force them to come all the way from behind their net to come and beat me. Uh, but the Oilers, I mean, the, trying to make plays at the blue line, trying to uh, make that last pass and, and turning the puck over. A great example, too, is the power play. The Oilers have a power play where four times on one power play, they tried carrying the puck end-to-end and got uh, poke-checked and shot back down. That's not. That's not. You're not going to have sex trying to success trying to be. Well, you probably wouldn't have sex either. <laughs> it's been a long day, Reed. It's, I was hoping that nobody would hear that, but thank you for pointing I, that I, out. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> oh, and you can't have success uh, if you're trying to be one on four. The the advantage of having a power play is you got one more player than them, so you should be able to have someone wide open. But the others, time and time again, tried beating two or three players at the same time. Uh, the Oilers, and we've said this over and over again, in most of the games that the Oilers lose, they've shot themselves in the foot at some point. And tonight's a, a great example, and you don't want to pick on Skinner, uh, but we he was we called out Koskin when he did it, was fumbling a play from behind the net. Now, it was a nice play by the Ottawa Senator, knocking it out of the air, but you can't give him the opportunity. You know what? There's a... Whether if there's someone should have been calling to him, have your head on a swivel, look to see where it is. But if there's a guy that way, you fire the puck the other way. Well, he was, I saw the replay here. He fired like a no look on his yeah, backhand. on his backhand. That was about three feet in the air. But what you know in the National Hockey League, 
every player can knock a puck out of the air. And he's not going to get as much on it. No. Flipping it backwards so, that way. So that way you, you throw it as hard as you can around the glass on your forehand. And if if now your winger has to fight for it at the blue line, so be it. It's a long ways from the net. But when you throw a backhand right below your goal line, now you're behind the net. Now you're in trouble. So these are the things that the others keep shooting themselves in the foot with that you're like, force the team to beat you. Force the team to have to go end-to-end. Force the team to make great plays. If someone comes down one-on-one and turns you inside out, well, good on him. Don't give them the easy opportunities. I think the others do that too often. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Darren standing by. Hi, Darren. Go ahead. Hi, Reed. How's it going? Yeah, good, Darren. Thank you for calling. Go ahead. Good. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to say, like, I've called into you on uh, your show the past week or so a few times. And uh, I think just the way tonight turned out, um, like, obviously our top line – like, I think McDavid and Drysaddle were on the losing streak. They're just trying to do too much themselves. Yeah. And uh, obviously, a few breakdowns we had were, like, especially the power play, especially the first one, we have four guys on the same side of the ice on a penalty kill. And uh, Norris is left all alone in the slot. I'm starting to look at this, like, I know it's kind of the cliche, like, we've had too many coaching changes, but I'm... I'm honestly starting to look at this that I think a coaching change where someone who relates more to Drysdale and McDavid might be beneficial to the Oilers. Um, See, and, and this is where I differ with you. you. Drysdale and McDavid, yeah. I don't know if they'll ever get more ice time with any other coach than they would with well, they Dave did with, Tippett. they did with Hitch, but, did they? Well. <laughs> but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just ice time, like. Um, I mean, look at the success that Connor well, has had. Darren, let me ask you this: Do you just are you saying they need a younger coach? Do you, like that is that is exactly what I'm saying. You look at their last few coaches. You look at Dave Tippett, Todd McClellan, Ken Hitchcock. They're all a bit more, I'd say, old school coaches. You look at Toronto; they have Sheldon Keith. You look at a, a few of the more younger coaches in the league. I think that's and the the league is getting younger. The league is getting more skilled. Um, I think a younger coach that could relate to more of the younger players the Oilers have could be beneficial towards these teams, especially Connor and Leon. Um, yeah, but, it, but it, the one thing on the that, way, though, is... The the way way they, finish okay. I'm just saying the way they played, the way they played tonight, you could, you could say it has something to do with coaching because they were just trying to do too much all by themselves. I think they... Like, I've never, I've never come on here and say, oh, the Oilers need a coaching change. But honestly, the way they played tonight, playing a 30th-place NHL team, um, I think they need a more new school compared to old-school coach. Yeah, well, I think and, that's I, I, thanks, yeah. I think that's fair to raise the question when, when they're doing this poorly. I, I think that a lot of penalty killing can come down to coaching. Yep. And we've seen that play happen to them before. Yep. So either it's either it's not being corrected by the coach properly or the players just for, for some reason can't execute it. Or the players aren't good enough that are right. out there. Right. Or yeah or so I mean, but that that's that's a, a totally fair comment and I yeah. think and I think Leon and Connor do try to do too oh, much. Tonight they did. At times. Absolutely I mean tonight. 
I, I mean, I realize those they, they have those one-timers, but it's almost like when they're crossing the blue line, it's like, okay, we got to set it up and get that big <laughs> boomer because that's such an exciting play. I mean, I think... I think they got to get in there and, and have a four-check mentality too. Oh, I mean, you, yes, they can score off the rush, but if that's not happening, how are you got to generate other well, ways? Well, a, a couple things. One, when the the Oilers, when anyone has success, you watch video to see how we can stop them. If so, as soon as someone has a good night against that team or that player, you start emulating. Okay, what did this team do? How can we have? So now there's tendencies. There's not there's nothing that you can hide that Connor or Leon do because every team sees it. They've got hours and hours and hours of video. So they're trying to do their best. Okay, this is what we can do to s- try to slow them down. We can't stop them. Let's try and slow them down. The, when he talks about getting a younger coach to relate to them, I mean, Connor and Leon, uh, they have the most points in the National Hockey over the last five years, one and two. They've won the MVPs, both of them. So I'm not sure how someone relating to them is going to make them. I mean, they're, they're the MVPs. Now, if you wanted to say about other players, that's fine. But Connor and Leon... Uh, you're getting as much as you can out of those players over the last number of years. These are the two best players in the league. Um, again, I just think the expectations of people in this city are, are too high for what this team is. I think this team is a team that's going to fight for a playoff spot, and I believe they're going to make the playoff spot. But I think people yeah, feel... Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I think I think people were excited when they were 16 and 5. Oh, they were and excited. Sure, sure, it raised the expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is pretty like this is 14 you know, like when they lost three in a row I'm thinking okay you know they might be mediocre for a while like it's it's two and oh, oh, I agree with that but we get phone calls where people say we we last time we, we did a game when they're playing against New York and Toronto and they I said well they shouldn't win those games those teams are better and we had but two callers is, in a row that in itself is a problem Rob that you're conceding games on paper not to con- other teams well those teams are better though they are better but that's, teams. But that's a problem. It's not that, a problem. That in itself if, is a problem to say the Oilers just continue to be a team that should lose to at no, least I'm not saying half sh- the league. No, the way I'm looking at it, if you were doing a, a football game and the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing against the Kansas City Chiefs and you have $100 to bet, who are you betting on? Because who should win that game? Right, but what I'm, I'm saying this in the context of, of, of fans seeing this team be, quite frankly, crap for 10 years. Yep. and then make the playoffs yep. and then be crap for two more years mm-hmm. and now have these two great players and and you're still sitting here saying well yeah but they should they should lose well, to the they, but they're not I as mean, good like the, the, this, but they're not but as the good fans, as those but teams, the though. fans want them to want that to be over but they, they want that to be over but they aren't that's though. why the people are upset but they aren't that good well they, that's the problem that's exactly what yes. i'm saying that's the problem yeah so but that but you're just making my point they aren't good enough to beat those teams that's why I'm saying when they go, you want them to beat that team. Their team's not good enough to. The Edmonton Oilers aren't as good as the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Edmonton Oilers aren't as good as the Florida Panthers. And you could want them to be better every day, but they're not good enough right now. So you can say that they want it to be over. Well, their team isn't good enough to be a, a top four team in the National Hockey League. So when I say when they go into Toronto or they go into New York or when they go into Florida, they should lose... Look on Vegas odds. They do all the studying. They're not as good as that team. That's why the, uh, the odds are they're going to lose that game. Now, sometimes they win. Sometimes the underdog wins. But don't go getting mad when your team's not good enough to beat Toronto. They're not as good as Toronto. Well, I think you're discrediting the, the whole emotion of people of why you're a sports fan. You want your team to win. Well, you want your team to win. But don't, don't say, well, we should win. You shouldn't. Your team isn't as good. Well, they should have won tonight. Well, I agree with that. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. 
And I said this this was the perfect game for the Edmonton Oilers. They had the break. They they got to rest. They got to get all their players healthy, most of them, because Nuage isn't back yet. And they got to play against a team that they went 9-0 and against. That's why tonight's game is unsettling. Because they're going to play against better teams coming up. This was the easiest game well, on their right, schedule. To lose to New Jersey, six goals to New Jersey for sure. Yeah, that was a bad game. They like should. That. They sh those are the ones that you should be unsettled with. Those are the ones. And I said that when the caller called about New York and Toronto, I said, be upset that they lost to the New Jersey Devils. That's the one they should have won. Or when they lose in Buffalo, or when they lose in Detroit. Those are the games that they got to win. When they lose these other games, they're not as good right, as those but, teams. But that's again. I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. Obviously, some teams are favored against others, yep. but there's a large portion of the league that we've been saying that about the Oilers for years. They sh they should lose. They're not the favorite. Yeah. Well, it's not surprising that they lost. Yeah. But so I'm, that's what I'm saying. That in itself is is an ongoing problem. Yeah. And an ongoing frustration for people. Oh, it is. But the, but it doesn't change the fact that their team. I mean, where they are in the standings shows that they're not as good as those teams. So you can be frustrated about it, but you can't. That's like saying that you want uh, you, a guy gets paid ten million dollars. He should play like a ten million. He should be a better player than that. Well, he's only can be as good as he can be. You can't ask him to be better. There, there's only so much in his body that he can give. That's his potential. That's his ceiling. Don't ask him to be more than that, but because he can't be more than that. All right, Oilers lose six four to the Senators team they should have beat uh, yes absolutely 100 percent especially yeah. when you have a 3-1 lead in the third period well and that's another thing they totally blew it uh yeah i mean like this is this is the worst loss of the year i think um <laughs> well i mean we have a lot to choose from lately. i know that's the sad thing but but yes it, i think when you put in everything into context with the team is struggling uh they're playing against a team that they dominated they have a lead on home ice uh, yeah, when you put all of those things into and the importance of this game, when you're two wins in your last 13 games coming in and you got a two-goal lead against the 30th best place team in the National Hockey League, yes, that's a game when you don't win that game. And you could hear it in the exasperation in Zach Cassian, in Connor McDavid. They have no answers. They had no They said They kept saying the same thing. I wish I could tell you. I wish I could answer that. They don't. The expectation where they were going to win this game when they had a 3-1 lead was huge, as it was for us up here. I'm shocked that right now we're sitting talking about the loss when they were up 3-1 against an Ottawa team that, uh, well, is a bottom feeder. Uh, but give credit to the Ottawa Senators. They came out and played in the third period, and they outplayed the Oilers tremendously in the third period. And because of that, they got two points. Well, and that's another, and that's another thing that's a problem. When Ottawa got the second goal, Rob, I thought it was going to be tied. Like, because they got it so early. And yep. like they were excited. Like, they, oh. they were... Over there celebrating? Yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't like, okay, no. man, we got one, but this team's so nope. good, we still don't believe we're going to tie it. Like, they, as soon as Ottawa got, got it to 3-2, I was just like, well, they're going to tie it eventually. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be that quick. Uh, either they had belief. As soon as they scored, they had belief. And uh, from experience, when you score early, now you're like, oh, my, look, we got the, we're down one. Like, we're one bounce away now. So, yeah, it, I, I had the same feeling, too. It was like... Okay, no, this isn't going to happen. I didn't see them scoring five in the third period, but uh, when Darnell Nurse scored to tie it again, I thought, okay, we're going to win. It's probably going to go to overtime, but we're going to win the hockey game. Um, but uh, an unfortunate penalty that turns into uh, a poor penalty kill and not the big save that you needed, and it's uh, an ugly loss on home ice. All right, we got Alex on the Certainty Hotline as well. Go ahead, Alex. How are you doing? Doing well. 
Well, that's the first time I've heard you two argue like that, and it makes me happy. <laughs> well, uh, we are. We are. We, well, you haven't been listening enough then. Well, I don't know. Maybe I haven't, but, you know, <laughs> well, the obvious, Matt, I mean, yeah, they blew it tonight, but, I mean, everyone knows now they, they obviously need a goaltender out of the organization to come in here, and I don't know how Holland does that. He was criticized in the offseason for not addressing that, and Sonny Smith, uh, an old, old goaltender, is injured. And Koskinen, and uh, now you got Skinner here, man. If you got good goaltending or above average goaltender, you win that game all day long. The other thing is, I'm sorry, Dave Tippett. It's uh, when I heard Cassian uh, say the writing's on the wall. I'm pretty sure. I'm sorry, Dave Tippett. It's time to go. Uh, I've criticized his line combinations all year, his defensive combinations all year. You have to have inspiration in that room, and it starts with your leader, and that's the coach. And uh, as much as he's a good guy, I think it's time. And uh, But, hey, even if you get someone to come in there and change this thing around, inspire them, you still need an NHL goaltender who's at least above average to get in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, it's when it was uh, 3-1 and they scored 3-2, I, I was thinking to myself, you know what? They're going to find a way to lose this game, and uh, because hey, I got to I just didn't have faith in that goaltender and that three-three, and then I was going, oh no, but hey, everything's gone wrong now. Hey, you know, uh, CC takes that penalty and take almost takes the uh, helmet off, and then uh, frustrations turn to resignation. Here, man, uh, don't have any confidence in anything about this organization right now, and it's pretty sad because. They were 16 and five, and oh my Jesus, everyone was excited. And now this is just a, it's a train wreck, my friend. All right, my thank friends. And uh, anyway, love your show always, and I'll let you go with that. It's getting bad. Well, it's not getting bad. It is. It is bad. Yeah, I agree. And trust me, Rob and I have have had more intense uh, disagreements than that, both on and off air. It's not gonna uh, phase us at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we'll I, again. It may it may reach the point where the the coach has to be changed just because it's so bad and yep. and uh, yeah I mean the, there are a lot of issues as we as we know well maybe you'll disagree with me on this Rob but I I mean goaltending can mask a lot of things oh absolutely it can uh, I mean I I think it's the most important position on the ice yep. even when you have a team with McDavid or Drysdale well. or or whoever. I mean, I gave the save percentage. You know, it's a bottom 10 team in save percentage. Well, five on five, it's a bottom five team in save percentage. And that that catches up with you if you don't get those one or two extra stops a night. Well, the year that the Oilers finally made it back to the playoffs with Cam Talbot, uh, Connor McDavid won the MVP. And I argued with many a person that said that the MVP of the team wasn't Connor, it was Cam Talbot. Because the next year, Connor was just as good, if not better, Talbot wasn't. They didn't make the playoffs. You need goaltending. You need good goaltending. And the Oilers, because of their five-on-five play at times, you need very good goaltending. And the Oilers haven't got that. They needed a save. And I, I don't know when you start looking at the goals that were scored on, on Skinner tonight. I mean, there weren't any ugly ones. But at some point, you got to save a goal that you weren't supposed to save. You just need that save to give your team confidence, some belief. Uh, whether it's the one of the ones that went cross-creased on him. Uh, again, not bad shots, good shots, but you need that save. Murray made two, and I don't think Murray was great tonight, but he made the big save at the right moment. I don't think the others are getting near enough of those. 
and uh, you can see the sag when the others give up those big goals when they don't get the save they need. And it's yes, goaltending is everything, everything for a National Hockey League team. You don't. There's not a lot of teams that win Stanley Cups that have average goaltending. Well, no. I mean, how, how often does the goalie win the Conn Smythe, or yes. is it, or at least yes. is it the top three when you get the votes, right? And I mean, so the goaltending has not been good enough for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, we'll take a quick timeout here. Oilers lose again, 6-4 to the Senators. Uh, Cam is up next on the phone line. We'll get to you in a couple minutes. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. All right, 6-4, Ottawa wins it. They get five goals in the third period. The Oilers blew a 3-1 lead, and uh, once again, they have gone six games without a win, 0-4-2. They had a six-game losing streak all in regulation a few weeks ago, won a couple, and now... They are feeling miserable again. If the Oilers could have got to five, we would have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com, and you could have printed up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. All right, some of the others. Give some stats here, Rob. I usually do that at some point. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi was the only Oiler with two points tonight. He had two assists. Um... Obviously, a lot of Oilers were, well, they had a, a couple guys plus. Uh, Bouchard, minus three. Yamamoto got a goal, but he went minus three. McDavid, minus two. Had seven shots on goal. Nurse finished even with a goal. He had nine shots on goal. Face-off, face-offs were in, adva- in Edmonton's advantage, in large part thanks to Derek Ryan, who went 10 out of 14 for 71%. McDavid played 25-22. Nurse played 26-26. What a dry settle play. 24-17. Yeah, so they're playing a ton. They are playing a ton. And then and here's one of the other things. We've had callers talk about it. Like, Perlini and Shore, they scored a goal. They were plus in the game. Yet they only got five minutes. And, I mean, if you want to question something to do with coaching, uh, do you rely too heavy on your star players that if your star players have an off night, uh, the other players' roles are not as defined because their their expectations, are, you know, you're only playing if uh, you know if we're up ten or down or down ten. Like, because when, when well, you when, we've talked about yeah. that a lot, that's going to be kind of frustrating. Well, they they ha- like if you're on the fourth line, and, and I've been on every line in the National Hockey League, so I know what it feels like to be on all of them. If you're on the fourth line and you go and score a goal, you're th- you're back to the bench. You're thinking, all right, we're going to get more ice time then. Instead of five minutes, we're going to get eight minutes or nine minutes because we've we've contributed. And when you don't. Then you're like, okay, what do I got to do? I mean, I, in five minutes of ice time, I was plus one with a goal. Like, what else do you want from me? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if the, if you want to look at a critique or, or something that maybe could change or needs to change, there's there's something you can can look at right there. Is everyone has to feel a part of it. You can't have guys that are just bumpers on the bench that are just there to keep the forwards and the defensemen from running into each other. Everyone has to feel important and have a role, a given role, uh, if you want to be a good team. Because good teams involve everybody, not just four or five players. Yeah, and that's, I, I mean, look, we've obviously talked a lot over the years about, well, the Oilers traded for this guy, and he, they, they signed this guy. And, you know, he had four straight, like, I'll just pick a modest offensive number. You know, well, he had four straight 12-goal seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, not a lot, but nope. he's going to get 12, and then he comes to the end, and he, and then he gets five. So, okay, so is that... Like it's not it's not possible that every single player ever acquired by the yeah. Oilers would drop off. Like yeah, after a while you wonder like okay, well are they be, are they being given the chance? Are they being put in the position to have the success that they've had elsewhere? 
and in, in not all the cases are they. Right. And I agree, like with Perlini. So, yeah, he plays 523 and he gets a goal. And, you know, I, I, you know, I've had some people say to me, well, I'll put him, on the, put him in the top six or something like that. And I'm like, well, I don't know if he's actually a, a top six player no, in terms not. of no. his, you know, his skating and his puck pressure and all like that. But, like, is he that is he that bad that he scores a goal and he still only gets and five minutes and 20 seconds? Like, there couldn't have been two extra shifts a period well, for him, especially after he scores. Well, you're right. And, and here's the, the thing with incentive. You know what? You go out and do, do your job and, and prove to me that you, get, you want more ice time. I don't know how many times I've had a coach say, show me you want more ice time. Show me by the way you play you want more ice time. So you go out there, and when you have a good shift, now your next shift isn't 14 minutes later. Your next shift is five minutes later. Your next shift is seven minutes later. So... I mean, for the Oilers to have success, you, and we've seen in the past, the Oilers, you can't win with one line because teams now are selling all out. They'll When Connor and Leon are on the ice, I want five guys back. Don't even bother crossing the red line. We'll beat them when they go off the ice. So you got to have trust that other players are capable of playing, and, and that trust comes throughout the season so that if you go out, and, and the same thing too, if, if you're on the fourth line, you go out there and you give up a goal or you make a horrible play or you do something, well, now your ice time's cut. You were supposed to get eight minutes. Now you're down to four. But it, make it an incentive program where you play well, you play more. You play poor, you play less. Well, and I don't think, and we've we've seen this before. Look, it's it's a fine line talking about this because clearly the best players are going to play the most. Yep. Oh, and, and some nights, and some nights, yeah, you might have to say, okay, you got to play 23 tonight, or. Or whatever. Or, sure, if the Oilers get seven power plays, well, McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be out there a lot. But, I mean, I thought as as December wore on as well, like, th- they didn't have the same zip. Nope. Like, so, Well, the, the, to me, the, the, the energy level drops. Well, for anybody, I mean, they are superhuman when it comes to their physical, their physical specimens. But everybody seems to have to have a drop if, if they play too much. Great example, the Oilers played the Maple Leafs. I don't know what it is now because of the Week whole and a thing. Half ago. Okay, they play the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs have a power play in the third period. Their number, they have a, they have the second best power play in the National Hockey League, and it's good. They got Matthews and Marner. That power play group starts. Forty seconds into the power play, there's a faceoff. They get pulled off the ice. The the second best unit in the league with Marner and Matthews. Matthews, he's one goal behind Leon Drysettle in goal score. He's good. They get pulled off the ice. Second unit comes on, who scores the winning goal? the second unit. The Oilers don't do that. They, it's like we, that, the Oilers tonight, Connor and Leon, were on the ice at the beginning for about a minute and a half. They get the power play. They stay out there. They get the five on three. They stay out there. Uh, at some point, you've got to throw a bone to other players and say, hey, you know what? Show me something. Show me you're capable of doing this too. Well, oddly enough, McDavid had just left the, the, the ice, ice when they when scored. Cassian scored. So, I mean, it is... Yeah. It is possible, and we're not saying we'll knock them down to, to 15 no, minutes. But no. but again, I think that that affects the whole team mentality too, where it's just like, well, I'm playing well, but he's just going to keep throwing Connor and Leon out because that's that's how it goes. I've been on the bench on teams where, for for example, in Pittsburgh, okay, Brownie, you got Jagger when he comes off, and I, me and the guy beside us start giggling. Yeah, Yarmer's not coming off the ice. You know it. I know it. It's nice to throw that at me, and it's true. Like it's. Like, all right, I got him. Oh, two minutes goes by. All right, next line. Okay, they're skipping over me now. It's tough being that player. Now, Leon and Connor are always going to have the most ice time because they're the best players, best players in the National Hockey League. But there's also moments like tonight where certain players, uh, sure, 
and Perlini, and I think it's Sevier was on that line. I mean, they they were plus on the night on a game where guys were minus three. Maybe they deserved a couple more minutes of ice time. And you know what? When you're a guy that's a role player, you're a fourth-line guy that, I mean, you have a bad game, you're in the press box. If you get a little bit extra, the excitement that you have, and you'll throw whatever it takes in front of a – you'll never let a puck get through. You'll right. block everything. You'll get pucks in deep. Those are the type of things. Because when – nowadays with the way the world is in hockey, you never know when someone's going to be in and out of the lineup. You could be a fully healthy team and then – testing and all of a sudden three guys are out you got to have faith that those players that you've got are capable of playing in all situations because you might not know when a leon or a connor or a nuge is out of the lineup so that's one thing that if people want to talk about coaching that i have plenty of time to talk about okay we'll go back to the certainty hotline as the oilers lose 6-4 we have cam checking in good morning cam <laughs> hey guys i just was wondering uh how can uh holland say that uh that uh, I, I like our team. Uh, I'm, they're going to start winning right now. But we all know that it's not happening. And it's the thing is that when it's 9-2, right? And uh, I just think he's pulling himself. I'm disappointed at, uh, and he's not saying anything even better. Because I told you guys a few weeks ago, he did a couple of trades, and he's not doing anything. I, I think that, no, that, I, that's a fair question, Cam. I think that a, a GM is probably not going to rip his team to... Too bad. No, but another when, when GM will probably losing. do something else, right? Yeah, I mean, will could there be a trade? Could there be a coaching change? Maybe it has to be two for one, because you got to do something. You got to do something. Yeah, we all know right now the team isn't very good, and if he doesn't do something in the next month after the trade, what do you think about the GM after that? Yeah, no, that's a fair question, Cam. And I mean, I mean, Holland did come out and say it's the it's the team I put together. So he's obviously <laughs> yeah. recognizing. I think uh, we're going to start okay, winning. Thank you, says. Cam. I think he's recognizing that. Well, he's put responsibility on himself. Look, I I've seen enough of those uh, news conferences. Uh, going back to covering high school sports and junior hockey, you know, usually the GM is going to be measured in what he says. Yes, and be as optimistic as possible. I mean, if he comes out and says, well, th- th- you know, this this guy's terrible and uh, I can't believe I traded for this guy and uh, well, if we lose two of the next three, that's exactly when I'm going to fire the coach. I mean, those would all be headlines for all of us, but that uh, that, that doesn't happen. No, I mean, it I, never does. Well, the Oilers got in trouble a few years ago when they talked about a certain player who had no no goals and it turned oh, into when, a... Oh, when uh, Nicholson said... Yeah, about, was it uh, Ryder? About Reader, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you, you, you just don't... Everything is in-house. I can... I, I, Ken Holland is looking at trade options. Ken Holland is not going home tonight saying, ah, you know what, we lost to Ottawa, but we're good enough. He understands. But you don't say it publicly. I know the fans want to hear it. I know the media dies to hear it. But you, you don't tip your hat. You, you, you do due diligence. He... Ken Holland's not blind to the fact that the Oilers' goaltending hasn't been good enough. He's not blind to the fact that fact that there's games where the Oilers get dominated physically when they play against, like, the St. Louis Blues. He knows for the Oilers to move on, they got to get past Vegas. And Vegas is a big physical team. Well, they got to get past most of the division because <laughs> most of the division is now ahead of them. But, I mean, I know there's... But before the season, yeah, before the season started, they they felt that this was a playoff team, and they they still do. But he's not blind to that. He's he's just not going to come out publicly and say it. He, and and he shouldn't. It, nothing should be aired in the in in the press. Everything should be held within. He can go and talk to Dave Tippett privately. And say, okay, here's this isn't good enough. We need something. Or he can go and and Connor McDavid talked about it. He said that 
Ken Holland has been very open with the star players. They have conversations, how this team can get better, what they can do, what they need, things like that. None of them are blind to the fact. Just uh, as a fan base, because of the lack of success over a number of years, there's uh, an itchy, an itchiness to it. So it's yeah. like, okay, we gotta get, it's got to be done quicker. Um, but you also have to find someone that wants to trade for you, trade with you. And if your players, if you don't feel your players are good enough, well, guess what? <laughs> no, one, no one other team's going to take them. But as this drags on, and I've said right from the beginning, I don't think Dave Tippett will be fired. Having said that, I didn't expect them to lose to the Ottawa Senators. I didn't expect this to be two wins in 14 games. Yeah. Um, I've been on teams where coaches have been fired for far less. Um, some of them, it turned out well. Some of it, it didn't turn out well. So I, I, when I say I don't think he'll be fired, I still believe that. But nothing will surprise me anymore. All right, we got Travis standing by as well. Hey, Travis, go ahead. Hey there, I got some uh, juicy I've been thinking about for a while now, and uh, thought I got like a little maybe maybe a little bit of a solution too. Um, so like you look, you look at the goaltenders the last the market the last two years. There was there was quite a few options. Uh, things have all been snapped up now. Uh, we're not getting priced too expensive. Uh, Flurry's probably not going to come here. Also too expensive. I'm looking right now, Seattle, their window when they when they did their you know, did their expansion draft. Um, they thought they were maybe gonna catch lightning in a bottle, do a Vegas thing. It's not the case. They're in the bottom of the Pacific and by a margin. Mm-hmm. They have three goaltenders. They also have deficiencies, like they have no uh, draft picks either. Like they just have their regular ones. They're not stockpiled up. They have to start drafting talent soon here. Um, with our first round pick right now, it's looking like a really high pick. I think it's at its most value right now. We also have other picks too, but um, they're looking to get rid of Geo. They—that's who's on their first line power play. Like I feel like maybe there's a there's a move to be made there where they can get Barry to run their power play and have some offense over there uh, while they're looking to move Geo. And then also like they have Grubauer locked up, uh, Decord and um, uh, Dreger. So going back, like Dreger is a good goalie. He's he's big, tall. Um, I feel like they should make a really big play here and move the first, maybe even other picks, to and move Barry and Koskinen. Say, here, you can try out Koskinen. And we get Dreger with, with Smith and maybe run Skinner too, like whenever whoever gets hurt. But also, uh, and then also get uh, like a bottom pair defenseman. Or like that Car- Carson Soucy, very tough, big, hard to play in front of the net. Uh, like that could be an option that we could replace Barry's uh, third line slot with. Or bump everyone up and put Bouchard down like because it maybe limit his minutes because he's not really uh putting out uh like when his minutes he's you've seen he's minus three tonight uh he's he's had some bumps in the road maybe we need a need to nurse him in a little bit put put him on the power play as well but uh, I just thought maybe you guys would chew on that a little bit like Dreger Dreger and a, and a tough defenseman and oh yeah and the last one too would be uh maybe make a play with um with Arizona with one of the other picks too. I don't care if they get rid of all the picks this year. Then the next year after that, that's the deeper draft. But get rid of all the picks and uh, bring in like a, a also a Lawson Kraus. Maybe run Kraus, Nuge, and Puyarvi on the third line. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Travis. You know the Seattle goalies are are struggling. Yes, big time. Yeah. Well, that was supposed to be the strength. I mean, if you have an expansion like, team, like Grubauer's at eight eighty save yeah. percentage, and he was well. 
I, I think he's starting to see that he's playing behind a defense. It's not quite as good as Colorado's. Yeah, true. But yeah, he was supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, someone that they can that would be able to stabilize their their back end. There are players on the Seattle Kraken that are going to be very much coveted come the trade deadline and mark giordano yeah, would be one of them. he'll be one of them for sure okay we also have greg standing by hey greg go ahead thanks for taking my call um i want to talk about the leadership the on ice leadership we see with this team right now um i don't think it's it's good enough we had mentioned earlier when it got to three two you could just feel the game was going to be tied and a lot of it was you looked at the body language of like mcdavid it, he was defeated like right away um the captain should have been rallying the team and and pushing them forward at that point and it's just not happening yeah well i think that they're uh, thanks Greg. i think first of all as we talk about they're obviously very frustrated mm-hmm. and i think that as we as we also talked about um you know i think mcdavid and dry are in a in a rut here where they're feeling like, well, we got to go two on five and set up Leon for his amazing one timer, yep. and that's going to get everybody excited, and and then we'll, and then we'll win. I mean, McDavid, I don't think is a very, well, certainly not publicly he isn't. I imagine he's more vocal behind the scenes because it would be hard not to be compared mm-hmm. to to what he is publicly. But yeah, I mean, I think you wonder about everything right now. Uh, you know, the older players, Duncan Keith was was brought in for this uh, to help through stuff like this. Uh, yeah, you can you go through a lot of guys, I think. Yeah, well, and the, the the caller talked about body language, and that is huge. It, it is um, when you're a, a a player that's a role player, and you make a mistake, and you look, and your leader has the body language like oh my god or rolls his eyes or, or throws his head up in the air that that eats you that eats you alive so uh you you need uh, leaders are held higher how the, than anyone else because everyone is looking at them when colton sevier makes a mistake and he throws his head back no one notices but when connor or leon do Absolutely, everyone notices, and that's the first person that the camera goes to. That's the first person that everyone in the stands, in press row, everyone looks. Oh, the goalie just let a goal in. He probably should have had it. Everyone looks at one of their two superstars to see how they react to it. We are going to give a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card to Stewart, who took the under in River Cree set the line. I had four and a half combined points for Drysdale and McDavid. Way under. It was one. River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement, bet on it. Ron from Red Deer standing by. Ron, two days in a row you called me. Well, I guess it, it was Friday. Now it's Sunday, but sort of two days in a row. What's going on? <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, go ahead. Reed, Yes. Rob, I agree with both of your points. And the, 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 the one statement I have to say is, ouch. All right. Just Ouch on, like, Ken Holland, Dave Tippett, the players, as a fan. Ouch. Well, yeah, it's painful, buddy. It's it's not a, it's not an enjoyable stretch. I mean, you're going to have bad stretches. I mean, like, a, it's 14 games with two wins. I mean, you'd hope a bad 14-game stretch might be, you know, six and eight, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well. We're a little under and 500, but you know they're, Reed, they, they've Rob? almost 
they've almost given well they have, have they have given it back they, had, they have given back the nine and one start they, uh, well and they're, they've almost given back the 16 and five well they're out of the playoffs right now i mean yeah they are yeah like the la kings san jose sharks anaheim ducks teams that were supposed to be bottom feeders are all ahead of them in the standings right now and that is uh that if you want to talk about unacceptable the Oilers should be better than every one of those teams yeah yeah it's been a miserable stretch for sure okay we got to get one more call in here before we go to bed i'm dude, i'm gonna pull up my cot while we got ryan on the line here ryan if you hear any noises it's just me, me uh just fluffing up the pillows and stuff what's going on hey i just wanted to first of all say uh the two points i had you guys kind of talked about but the first one i don't get is um as a coach uh i don't know if the the actual coaching is bad but i know if i played a lot of hockey and i know if i was playing in the third or fourth line in the Edmonton Oilers, i'd want out of there playing three minutes a game five minutes a game eight minutes a game you cannot play the game and secondly i just want to say that as far as the uh, uh goaltending goes confidence breeds winning and winning breeds confidence and I'm not saying that the goaltending is horrible, but I have, don't really remember a game where the Oilers goalies have stolen a game, and every team has that. The Oilers just don't have it. And so if I was Holland, it's not the coaching, it's not other players. You've got to find a goalie. Yep. That's my point. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you got to certainly... Well, they've only got two wins. I mean, we could go back and look at the first 21. There would be some nights where if it wasn't well, a theft where the goaltending was pretty... I mean, I, I know, you know, I've been critical of Koskinen, and I've said I don't think he's anything more than a good backup. Mm-hmm. He did have some really good games well, because we talked earlier when, in the season. When they were 9-1, and one, they weren't the better team in those all those games. Especially early in yes. games. There was, there was a couple games where they, they were... They waited to get into yes. it. Yes. So, and, uh, he, and he made a really good point about being a third or fourth line player on this team as well. Yeah, and I mean, if if the fans aren't totally confident in the goaltending, I mean, the <laughs> hockey players know the know better than anybody. Well, you're right, and it's funny when you talk about body language. It's it, it is hard, and players have to do that. Where when a bad goal goes in, and you're on the bench, is to keep the straight face and not sag. Yeah. And and it's hard sometimes because yeah. it's over and over and right. over. Right. If if you're if you're if you're there and you got a guy and it's been like, well, it's been eight games since he let one in. Okay. Yeah, you know yeah. what? We get we're, we're going to get it back. And I know how he responds when he does that. Right. If it's once or twice a game, or even if they're not. I mean, I had I I, I had Mac T on this week, and he said, you know, if you start debating whether or not he should have had it. He probably should have. Then, and especially <laughs> if it's a lot, then I mean, you made the, I remember. I'll never forget this. You said a few years ago, uh, I think it was might have been Scrivens and somebody were competing in the in the preseason, and I said, "Well, but that one shot went in right under the crossbar." I mean, and you said, "Yeah, but there could have been other shots that were going to hit the post and go in, but the other goalie caught them or blocked them away." Like you don't know how precise the shot was mm-hmm. because it was a save and then you never talk about it again. Well, it, yes, the goalies, I mean, again, it's not just goaltending. That is not the only issue, the issue that the Oilers have. But goaltending is the biggest um, that could, band-aid. That could cover up the most flaws. Oh, and it does. Especially well, short-term. Well, again, the Ottawa Senators won this game today and they made a lot of mistakes uh, in their own zone. Their defense is not good. I mean, there's some young guys, some guys still learning. Uh, but their goaltender, who wasn't, you know, a, a world beater today, but he made a couple big saves at the right moment. And the Edmonton Oilers haven't got enough of those 
over this last little stretch. And when what is it? Confidence breeds confidence. If your goaltender makes a big save, you can see it on the bench. Like a, the, the the team will erupt, and the Oilers haven't had enough of those. Well, it's basically moments. it's basically worth a goal. Yep. If you if you make a if you make a save, it's if you make well, an incredible save, it's worth a goal. Well, tonight Murray makes that save on McDavid, open net, where he slides across on the power play in the first period, and then in the third period, McDavid walks in all by himself, and so Murray just. Two big saves on Connor McDavid in a game that you win by a goal. All right. Well, we continue searching for answers as the Oilers lose again 6-4 to the Ottawa Senators. You can get more on this one on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com. The Oilers will be back at practice Monday. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. And, of course, I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8 as uh, the Oilers record now down to 18-15-2. Next game broadcast here on 630 Ched is going to be Thursday against the Florida Panthers, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will be at 7. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Ched. We have been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night.